Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. Knowing that there is one, one heart, one mind, one breath, that is the inhalation and the exhalation of the universe. It is the awe that is. The power, peace, beauty, joy, love, light, and life. It is the pith of all those things, the essence of those things, not loving, but love itself. It is ineffable, this one. I call it God or spirit or the divine presence. Give it whatever name you want. It is that singularity that brings forth the multiplicity. And I know this and I see this and I feel this in everything that I come across. It is in the silver gray velvet coat of the pussy willow. The measured tentacle meander of the banana slug across your path and the ants marching through the tumbled pine needles. This is the immeasurables continuous singing to us for those with ears to listen and eyes to see the divine is everywhere to my left, to my right, up and down. I see God. And when I look within, I know God, I feel God, I sense God. For I am the reflection of the divine. Just like the wave crests out from the ocean and falls down upon the shore, I am an expression of that one, containing all the infinite potential for that power and peace and love and light and all those God qualities that are contained within me. And as this is the truth of me, this is the truth for each and every one here. That each one is a reflection of the divine, just like a leaf. A leaf emerges from, the branch emerges from the tree as an expression of that tree. So too are we expressions of the one. Not needing to seek it out anywhere else, nor could we. There is no intermediary that could bring this divine presence to us. It is ours. It is our divine birthright to know this. So it is from this place of awareness I speak my word right here, right now. That for each one here, that the words that are spoken today inspire within. So that we exude all those God qualities to each and every one that we come across throughout our day. And as a domino falls, toppling each one, so too, as we come across each one in our path, our God qualities express to them and they express to who they come across. And this infinite cycle of love and this infinite cycle of power and presence and beauty, this divine expresses through each one. And so it's with great gratitude that I sit in communion with everyone here. Gratitude for this divine presence. Gratitude for this word that is spoken, for this music that is heard, and for this talk today. 
And I give great gratitude for the law that brings everything into form. And so I lovingly and kindly and respectfully release this word into that law, knowing that it is done, knowing that it has been heard, and is manifest as this word was spoke. And so it is. Ah, so take a breath, breathe that in. Feel yourself grounded to the earth. Just let the energy move from maybe the base of your spine to the earth, from the base of your feet to the earth. And just be aware that you are of this earth as well as of the sky. Breathing that in. This whole year, we are looking at a theme of living everyday wonder, living every day in a sense of wonder and curiosity and awe and playfulness and joy in our engagement with that. I hope as we're about two-thirds of the way through this year that you're having a greater ability to remember to approach that life, to approach life that way. As Buffy said in her opening meditation, to get out beyond our skin suits and be more than that and to be playful. And so this month we're exploring, each month we're exploring a different topic. This month we're exploring the topic of nature. And it brings us to this wonderful talk title that I did not create, somebody else created, but I love it anyways. The furry, the fuzzy, the slimy, the scaly, and everyone else. And no, this is not talking about political figures. This is talking about the occupants of the earth. So we talk about the presence of infinite oneness. And do we really understand what that means that all life is this infinite presence in form? And yes, that means mosquitoes and spiders and snakes and slugs, all of that. You know, we humans tend to approach nature from an anthropocentric uh, perspective, which is that humans are the center of existence. And we view everything from our perspective, that we are the seat of highest intelligence on the planet and everything else is beneath us. I always loved uh, Douglas Adams in his Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series that said, actually, the mice are running the earth. They're the smartest species on the earth. The dolphins are next and humans are third in line. Uh, it was a wonderful way to kind of break through that we are the superior ones. But we tend to view all of the rest of life as being here to serve us, whether it's food, whether it's entertainment, whether for testing, whether it's resources for our living and our pleasure. And there are certain people who consider anthropocentrism to, to be the central problem in our attitude toward the environment. The fact that we view the environment just from what it does for us and who we are. Traditional Western attitudes are systematically biased against the non-human world around us. Take a breath. And so as long as people hold the belief that we are superior to other species, we create and experience the gradual yet ongoing breakdown of the world around us. And not only that, but such a perspective is the basis of racism, 
bias, privilege, discrimination in all forms. I and those like me are superior to everybody else. And because we believe in a hierarchical world separate from a white man God on a throne who often rules with cruelty over all, and having made man, white man especially, in his image and likeness to dominate rather than steward the lesser world, we get sidetracked. And while we as religious scientists proudly declare, oh, we don't believe in that God. Uh-uh, no, we're not part of that. There are still ages-old habits and patterns in the collective unconscious that are ingrained in our minds and that we unwittingly and unknowingly act from and express. And they show up in the ways in which we deal with the non-human and the human world around us. You know, most of us and most of our children were raised with TV shows which gave animals human attributes. Bambi. You know, we fell in love with what we thought a deer was based on Bambi for many of us. Bugs Bunny, Roadrunner, and Wiley Coyote. Rocky and Bullwinkle. I'm sorry, I'm a Rocky and Bullwinkle fan too, but Rocky and Bullwinkle, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and so on, these, these, which rather than exploring the real nature of these animals, turns them into figures of our nature to act out our ongoing ideas. And we attribute our feelings to animals and assign our feelings to them. Oh, that bird must be very happy about such and such. You know, and we don't know. We don't know. We like to believe that, but rather than bringing wonder and curiosity and openness, we assign our feelings to them. And so if we can start to bring more of that to our interactions with that rest of the world, what would it be like if instead of assigning feelings and placing judgments to them, if based on our perspective, we instead just simply observe with an open mind? and with curiosity and wonder, observing the infinite oneness in this particular being and in the magnificence of all particular beings. What would it be like if we shifted out of our skin suits and our perspective and our brains and started to open up? Last few weeks, I've been enjoying the summer mornings. I've been meditating in my backyard in the earlier hours of the morning, not too early but earlier hours of the morning. And I'm finding I'm having a practice of being aware of first of the level of human noise that is in the air around me. That's the I-5 freeway traffic around, and then the uh, air traffic and such. And so I sink beneath that. I let my air, my awareness sink beneath that. And it starts to listen to the chattering of the birds and the squirrels and the insects in my backyard which is a pretty active place for, for them. And they scamper through the trees and the yard, and there is a coexistence among them. Sometimes it's a little territorial and a little squawking, but nobody dies from it. Many years ago, I was down in, in uh, Morro Bay, California, right on the ocean, and I was with a, a friend of mine who was a Native American, and she pointed out to me, uh, away from the ocean, there's this sort of um, scattered brush, uh, uh, not even, I wouldn't even call it brush, but growths. And as we sat very still and watched, 
this little bird hopped from one bush to the next. And then a mouse followed from the bush that it was in to the bush where the bird had been. And then a rabbit followed from where it had been to the bush where the mouse had been. And the three of them, bush to bush, little uh, scrub growth to scrub growth, hopped their way across this open space, which I believe was a way of protecting themselves from the hawks and the any other predators flying above. And it was fascinating to watch these three completely different species doing this pattern, interacting with each other. And so when I sit, sit in my backyard peacefully, just being, I find that occasionally the birds and even the squirrels come right up to me. All of us just being as we are. And yes, I will swat the occasional mosquito. And I will bless it on its journey into a higher consciousness. And then I let my awareness sink more deeply into the oneness, the ground of all being that we all are. And let myself perceive the world from that perspective. The other day, Friday, I was with a friend walking at McLean Creek. And we came to a pond with, with uh, ducks and newts and dragonflies and frogs. There was a kingfisher that flew overhead. And I had this sense of the perfection of all of this, the wholeness of this ecosystem. And I felt gratitude just for the ability to just be in and aware of the deep peace and perfection of this life that was, that was happening not just in front of me, but for a few minutes, I was within that life. This whole was one. That perfection is both a human and an animal, as a conscious spiritual being and the physical form. I've just begun taking a class on uh, gnosis, which is the idea of the direct knowing of spirit. Gnosis, it's a Greek word for knowing. And gnosis, uh, knowing the divine, is the purpose of existence. That's one of the, the, the uh, things in the class. We're here to know the infinite presence, and we're here to know ourselves and all life as the infinite presence. In fact, that's the purpose of life, just simply being aware of. And the instructor quoted a, a young boy who was uh, in a survey that was done by the University of Virginia on reincarnation. And this young boy was still remembering where he had reincarnated. And they checked it out and, and found that he, you know, the description that he gave uh, was, was perfectly accurate. And they asked him, because he could still seem to remember this, he said, how long does it, or they said, how long does it take to go from one body to the next? And he said, oh, just a few moments. I don't know how long a moment is in that non-corporal form, but just a few, it was a very quick time. And he also said, whatever body we go into will give us lessons for gnosis. Whatever body we go into will support us in the process of deepening our gnosis. We sometimes view animals as lesser forms of life from which we've evolved and become superior. But everybody, every body gives us lessons for Gnosis. 
If evolution just got to the next level and dumped all the previous levels, we wouldn't have life as we know it. Newer forms of life don't invalidate older forms of life. All life forms are the infinite knowing and experiencing itself. So when you look at that mosquito, you're looking at God. And we also remember that just because we don't want to sucking our blood and we you know, do away with it, doesn't mean we do away with the essence of God that it is. It's just the individual form, just like we are bodies that will one day fall away, but it doesn't do away with us. Gnosis is built into the ecosystem of existence itself. The Gospel of Thomas reminds us that the kingdom of God is within and without. In fact, as far as the God perspective, if you will, there is no within and without. It's all just a oneness. It's all just a flow, as Buffy said in that opening meditation. It's just a flow. When we live life from a belief in separation and the fear and the distrust that follows from that, we believe that we have to control life. We believe that we have to impose our will on it and make it our way. We can even use spiritual tools like prayer and spiritual mind treatment to attempt this control. But life isn't to be controlled by humans. It's to be experienced by all of itself. When I teach spiritual mind treatment, I always remind people that the purpose of that treatment is not to change God or life out there, but to align with the divine flow of what is, which usually, or perhaps always, requires us changing ourselves and who we are to become more in alignment with what already is. It was natural for early humans to believe in separation in a dangerous world, but while danger hasn't left the world, we've evolved enough to see the world around us in a new way and to perceive an, an underlying unity and therefore an underlying safety, a wholeness, a oneness that's behind the appearances. And an awareness that interacting from this perspective adds to a greater experience of safety in life. When we're less afraid, we get to experience life in a sense of safety from a consciousness. In fact, our greatest dangers today are not wild animals going to consume us. <laughs> our greater, greatest dangers today come from other humans operating from belief in separation, fear, and the need to control, have things my way. But even with this, since the point of existence is gnosis, is the knowingness, we can use even that to go deeper in knowing the infinite. This past week, Father Richard Rohr focused his daily messages on suffering. And I'm not a huge fan of suffering. You know, I grew up Catholic, and you know, suffering is a whole you know, way of being in the Catholic Church. And I don't necessarily believe in that. But we all have points of suffering. If we're honest with ourselves, we have joy, we have suffering. And he focuses his messages on that and observing that suffering can either harden us, and we shut down, we close off, or it can, or we can around it, open ourselves, open our hearts and with wisdom and with compassion and a softness, which comes from letting go of trying to control all those furry, fuzzy, slimy, and scaly things. But this can be a way of heart opening for us. 
And so as we set aside our way and can just be with this life expressing in all of the forms of nature and to be with life itself, to be with life its way and the way of these the animals and the trees and, and everything for that matter, not trying to impose our way, we find a deeper way of being. And no, we don't walk up to a hungry lion or bear expecting to have a wonderful, sweet, uh, happy, loving experience because the hungry lion or bear will probably have a loving, happy, sweet experience with us being breakfast. So we use, you know, thinking, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to violate their way and our way. So we have intelligence, but we can be more curious, more open, more wondering with and about our fellow planetary com companions. This week, I'm going to invite us to do a, a little bit of a meditation. I'm going to just invite us to do it right now to practice it, to go with it. So if you'll just take a moment to take a breath and turn within. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes. Turn within and ask yourself some questions and note your reaction and response to each question. How do you feel about people of other sexes? Other skin colors? Other ethnicity? Other religions? Other countries? other political affiliations. Taking a breath. How do you feel about domestic animals? About wolves? About snakes? About insects? Go deeper into your responses and ask yourself about the underlying belief that exists in your responses. What is the belief? Where did it come from? Is it accurate? Does it serve you? Does it serve all life? Is there more you can learn? Notice if any of your perspectives, your opinions change during this process. Take a deep breath and let yourself return to the room. And we'll post those questions on our website. Our webmaster doesn't know this yet. She's learning it as we as I speak it. But we're going to post this to our website under today's talk. So taking a breath, we have a closing affirmation. I invite you to join me in that. Let me put it up onto the screen here. Say this with me. 
I embrace all of life, the furry, fuzzy, slimy, and scaly, and everyone else. And one more time, I embrace all of life, the furry, fuzzy, slimy, and scaly, and everyone else. And so it is. So let us move for a moment into prayer. And taking a deep breath. Letting everything else go to getting to the core of gnosis, of remembering, of knowing this one infinite presence. As I think it was, it was either Buffy or Tim who said, we don't need an intermediary. We are the direct connection with, directly in connection with, we are directly one of this infinite presence. It doesn't take a greater connection, just a greater awareness of who and what we already are. And so this presence of pure love, of pure joy, of pure intelligence, of deep peace, is all there is. And because it is, we are one of that. We ourselves are embodiments of this love, of this intelligence, of this deep peace, of this joy. That is who we are at our core. Whether, again, we remember or forget, it is who we are. And so I speak my word that this week, we first of all remember this truth more deeply of ourselves. We take time to just simply set aside everything else and remember our oneness with an infinite presence that loves us beyond our wildest imagination because it is love itself. And then we take the time to remember that this love flows from us, through us, to our friends in nature, our, to the animals and from the animals to us, because again, it is just one infinite flow of love. So we take the time to perhaps be a little more aware, a little more conscious, not just of our favorite pet, but of something in nature that we're perhaps not so favorite with. And to just become open, curious, and willing to see. Knowing that this openness, because it is only one consciousness, is felt throughout consciousness. And knowing that this liberates all of us, all life forms, as we open to life itself rather than our way and our perspective. And I gratefully release this word into a law, knowing that it manifests us because we have agreed and said yes to it. It shows up in form and experience in our lives in the most blessed and wonderful ways. And we pay attention and experience those. And so it is.